in a blink of an eye. That lion, one jump, and it was right in front of me. And just as fast as that mountain lion jumped in front of Andy Peterson, it attacked him. At this point, I ought to warn you that Andy's descriptions, like the one you are about to hear, get pretty graphic. The lion, the bottom jaws and teeth were in the top of my forehead. The top of the jaw was in the back part of my head, and he bit twice. Andy thought his life was about to come to an end. And I scream out to God, just, God, help me. You know, and here's a God that I mocked all my life. Here's a God that that I wanted nothing to do with. So please, Jesus, would you come close? Jesus, would you come close? Jesus, would you come close? This is the second half of a two-part GPS about Andy's story. If you miss the first part, you ought to yourself to give it a listen. Part one covered the first 24 years of Andy's life and how his life of partying and drugs defined him until the lion attacked. I'm Jim Kirkland. And I'm Phil Fleischman. And if you already did hear part one, this is the moment you've been waiting for. It's Andy's heart-pounding account of his life-or-death battle with that mountain lion and his remarkable encounter with Jesus in the middle of it. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Along with Andy Peterson's incredible lion story, you're also going to hear Billy Graham, who will share an incredible lion story from the Bible. The young man in that story was named Daniel. And so Daniel was thrown to the den of lions, and they looked at him greedily, hungrily, But God was in that jail and that lion's den and closed the mouth of the lions. What kind of lions are you facing in your life? You can trust God to help you deal with them. And we can tell you more about that at this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That's findpeacewithgod.net. The story you're about to hear from Andy Peterson is probably one you will not soon forget, and it might even inspire you to take a step of faith in your own personal battle. If the Lord uses Andy's story to encourage you, would you let us know? You can email us at gps at billygram.org. GPS. God. People. Stories. Now, the hard drugs, the hallucinogens, the cocaine and and acid, the hard drugs, uh, they came into play when I was about 11th grade. I actually got a DUI in 11th grade, uh, going into 12th grade. So I was was on a fast path. Andy Peterson was still on a fast path as a 24-year-old working at a state park in Denver, Colorado. He was spending a lot of his time getting drunk and high and taking money from his family to buy the drugs. He may not have realized it, but Andy was already in a battle when he encountered that mountain lion. It was a battle for his soul. The Bible says, be sober-minded, be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Andy was about to experience that in a most literal way. I wanted to find a little refuge place where I could kind of just disappear and, and kind of get away from everything, almost like a little refuge type, you know, quiet park. And 15 miles southwest of Denver was a park called Roxborough State Park. And I loved this park. I fell in love with this park. Um, reason being is they had four trails. My favorite was called Carpenter's Peak Trail. And it was a 3.2 mile trail 
that went up a thousand foot incline, 45 degree angle. This wasn't unfamiliar territory for Andy. He made the same hike every week. Now, on this particular day, which was in the spring of 1998, there were a few other hikers on the mountainside, but they were heading down as Andy was climbing up. He barely spoke to a group of women he rushed past on the narrow trail. He just wanted to be left alone. And pretty soon he got his wish. He was all by himself on the mountaintop. He was taking in views of Colorado's grassy plains, the red rocks, the snow-capped peaks. Then, when he began his descent, he spotted something else. Right underneath this little pine tree not far from me, all of a sudden I saw this big brown fur. And I knew, I, know, I have German shepherds at home. I know what they are, or fox, or coyote. Nah, this is, this is bigger. And, and I realized real quick, there's a mountain lion, man. This is, there's a mountain lion. It's right in front of me. Andy's excitement quickly gave way to a sobering reality. There was not another human being in sight. And the lion was blocking Andy's only way down the mountain. And it was only a matter of time before it noticed him. Andy had one of those pocket knives with different tools on it. He quietly pulled it out of his hiking pack and started fiddling around with it, trying to figure out which blade to use in the terrifying event of an attack. And then he made a mistake. When I folded in the screwdriver part, it slipped out of my finger and slapped back into the case and made a loud snap sound. And I glanced, I've been watching the line the whole time, and I glanced at that knife and looked right back at the line, and in a blink of an eye, that fast, that line was gone. And I panicked. I, I couldn't see it. I didn't know where it was, and I panicked. I didn't know if it was behind me or uh, where it was. And, and the trail did this U-shape. And further down the trail, I look, and all of a sudden, there's this lion staring right at me. The eyes of this animal were so crisp and so vivid and so powerful that it immediately upon seeing these things, we locked on. And it, it's like my life just stopped. Seconds turned into minutes as Andy and the lion stared at each other, frozen in place. Eventually, Andy decided to back up a little to indicate he wasn't a threat, but his plan didn't work. In a blink of an eye, that lion, again, one jump, and it was right in front of me. Head came above my waist. I could have reached out and pet the thing. Uh, black markings down its eyes. The ears were, were down in a pounce position. The mouth was hanging open. You could see the four dominant teeth. I took one step kind of towards my left, and immediately I jumped up on the, on the uphill side to get the advantage. And, and I took one more step, almost like we're just trading spots. And I realized, you know, please, somebody come up this mountain. I had three miles of trail to get down to the bottom. You know, I took one more step like we're trading places and bam, slammed into me. I didn't, I didn't even see it coming. The claws tore open Andy's chest as he and the lion tumbled off the trail. Andy was able to get up and dodge the next attack. Then he started running backwards down the trail, facing the lion, which was easily keeping up with him. They came to a three-foot drop, and Andy jumped down. We're eye to eye. And uh, same height, same level. And that lion launched and slammed into me with such force. We slammed down that mountainside uh, down the down the cliff there about when took two three inch diameter trees snapped them right off like toothpicks the power of this line was was it's just so powerful such force 
I heard a loud thud as we tumbled and rolled down the mountainside and the bottom, the back of this line slammed up against this big bush. The, the bottom claws were, were thrashing all down by my knees and my thighs. The top claws were all up by, by my neck and head area. But the biggest threat came from the lion's mouth. It had clamped down on Andy's head. You could hear the popping sounds as he pulled my head and my neck down towards his mouth. And the lion, the bottom jaws and teeth were in the top of my forehead. The top of the jaw was in the back part of my head, and he bit twice. And all you could hear was kind of a a raking sound across my head. I could see the tooth right in front of my eye. I could look right down this lion's mouth. You could smell just the rotten flesh or whatever it was gnawing on before uh, we started fighting. And I had the knife in my hand, and I started uh, going for the head, you know, for the neck area, trying to just stab it in the neck and, and get in there somehow to so it let go of me. And all I saw was fur fly. That that knife would not get into the fur. The fur, the fur was so tough. And I went for the top of the head and took two swings on top of the, its head, and, and the knife didn't have a lock on it. So every time I was swinging, trying to stab it on top of the head, it was folding up into my own hand. The lion clawed at Andy's face, cutting a four-inch gash under his eye. Then Andy heard four more scraping noises as the lion's teeth opened up his scalp, exposing his skull. This whole time, Andy couldn't move. He was pinned to the ground. Now all I see is blood in front of me, and I realize my time is, is quickly ending. And all of a sudden, everything started flashing through my head. The, the party buddies that I'd get drunk and high with flashed through my head real quickly. The kind of how would I be remembered if I can't get out, out of this mountain? You know, this little nice, funny, you know, little pothead punk or, you know, I was 24 years old at the time. I was not ready to die. I, I, it was as real of a moment of my life that I have ever felt. The thoughts that flashed through Andy's mind at this moment were not happy ones. He thought about his broken relationship with his dad, the tears his mom cried over him, the grandmother he took money from for drugs. I didn't want to go without at least saying, guys, I'm sorry, you know, I'm I'm sorry for, for being like that. In that moment, as Andy began to feel the weight of his sin, something happened. All of a sudden, I get this, don't give up, son. Don't give up on this life I gave you. You keep fighting. Never, never, never give up on that life I gave you. And it gave me this adrenaline boost to just keep fighting. Don't just sit there. And I reached over our heads. My head still locked in the lion's mouth. And I undid the knife out of my hand. And I reached back. And I felt two bumps. And immediately I felt uh, the right eye. You you could go through the eye, past the eyelid, around the eyeball to the back muscle. And now the knife was was open again. I was staring at the knife and I had my, my finger as far into the right eye as I could. And I took a swing with the knife with my left hand up on top of the head, hoping something connects to where this line just let go. You know, somebody's got to be coming up this mountain. And I scream out to God, just God help me scream out to God. Um, as he's just telling me, just keep fighting. Don't give up. Don't give up. You know, and here's a God that I mocked all my life. Here's a God that that I wanted nothing to do with. Just when I thought I was lost, so lost, I'd never be found. I turn around and you're right there. You're right there. Suddenly, 
Andy was calling on a God he didn't know, and he was finding extra strength when he needed it most. With my finger in its eye and that extra stab on top of the head, the claws loosened up, the jaws loosened up. It threw my head back up, and I jumped back up on the trail. Andy stopped to throw some rocks at the lion, including one that was the size of a basketball. It hit him, and Andy was able to start running down the mountain. Okay, I, I'm making it, man. I, I got out of the hold. The hold was so strong, I didn't think I could get out of that. And I'm throwing snow on my head. It's falling down red. I tried to drink my water bottle. I couldn't swallow. I knew my throat was torn apart. I knew, I knew my head was all chewed up. And just keep running. I'm looking back this whole way down, this, running for my life down these mountain side, doing these switchbacks on the trail, you know, how it cuts back and forth, and just hoping, please don't chase me. The trail made a sharp right turn by some pine trees. And as he made the turn, Andy spotted the lion over his shoulder. You got to be kidding me, man. I, I had nothing left. I took two more steps, and I, I, I knew I had to turn around because if I didn't, I'm just waiting for something to slam right into, right into my back. And when I turned back around, I, I didn't see the lion's face. What I saw was this transparent face of Jesus. Oprah asked me, well, how do you know it was Jesus? Which is a good question. And I said, I knew without a doubt as soon as I saw this sweet, awesome face, the peace that rushed through me was unlike anything I have ever experienced in my life. The peace was so complete. It was so real that it was like everything was right there, almost like I got picked up and hugged and held. Go, I got you, son. I got you. You want a second chance in life? And you start living for me. Start living for me. Go on, get down this mountain. Let's start living for me. So don't lose heart and don't forget it. My work in you ain't finished yet. Hold on to me now. I'll never let you down. I'll never let you down. That encounter gave Andy what he needed to keep going. He raced down the mountainside and it felt like his legs were moving on their own. At the base of the mountain, three miles from where his battle began, he came across that group of women he had pretty much ignored on the way up. They were among the hikers who took care of Andy until a helicopter arrived to fly him to the hospital. And there, he was in surgery for six hours. 24 inches of bite marks on his head, 74 staples to close up the wounds. And then, one crucial moment with the dad he had wanted nothing to do with. He came into the hospital. Now, he was what I called a Jesus freak for 10 years, trying to get us to church and trying to explain, you know, uh, who this Jesus guy was. And we wanted nothing to do with it. And uh, so he comes out to the hospital and says, everybody out. First time he visited me in four years out there. He said, everybody out. I want to talk to my son. And he sits on that chair in that hospital room. And he drops his pride and he starts telling me about his best friend, Jesus. And he says, son, you got some scars like the old man. Can I tell you about, about my best friend? Can I tell you how I have this peace? And uh, how I realized that I was so tired in life trying to control everything and fix everything. And I just couldn't do it anymore. And I just, just broke down and gave it all to God. And just put it all at the foot of his cross. And he said, I got this peace that I, I live with. 
you know, every morning and day when I, when I wake up or I go through work and as bad as I wanted to throw my dad out of that hospital room, I couldn't because a little bit of me knew exactly what he was talking about with that piece that he was sharing with me. Cause I now knew what that piece was about when I felt it up on that mountainside running for my life from that line. On that night, Andy prayed and invited Jesus into his life. But as he likes to say, he only had one foot in. He still wasn't willing to fully surrender his life to the Lord. I got one foot on God's path now. And I tell you what, uh, it doesn't take long for the devil to to hook you again. Because one week out of that hospital, I was smoking dope again in the stairwell of my apartment. Next thing I realize, I find myself out at this party out at a lake, you know, and I'm reminiscing with good old days, the old party days, the old, you know, uh, with all these guys. And all of a sudden the night turned really strange and really weird, uh, almost surreal. And I can't make conversation for anything. And I have a joint in my hand and a beer in my hand. And I walk up to that fire and it gets really hot and really deep. And I hear as clear as I've ever heard, God asks me, do you need another lion, son? Do you need another lion? And I threw that junk right back into the devil's face. I threw the, that joint and that beer and those chains right back into his face. And I said, God, I'm done. I'm done running. I don't. Please, no more lions. And I sat there and I, and, and I, I told my ride, I said, guys, I'm right here when you're ready to go. I'm done. My, my party days are over. Well, as hard as I could, I pulled that foot, that other foot, out of the mud, and I'd put it over to my other foot on God's path. And as soon as I slammed that down with everything I had on God's path and put it all at his feet and surrendered every part of me, that same peace that my dad shared with me in that hospital room, that same peace that I felt on that mountainside when I saw the uh, Jesus's face, that same peace when I put both feet finally on God's path rushed through me again. And that's when I realized that's what I have to do. I have to be 100% all in for Christ. 100% in for Christ. That's how Andy has tried to live for the last 21 years, all in for Christ. Today, he runs Lion King Ministries with the goal of telling as many people as possible about Jesus. And he shared his story on Oprah, Larry King Live, Animal Planet, and TBN. And he speaks to groups of people all over the country. Andy is also happily married to his wife, Courtney. And they have two children, Riley and Jaden. The whole family is active at their church in Tennessee. Now, we have to tell you what happened the first time Andy went to church after the attack. He was still bandaged up, sitting in the back, and he was having a hard time focusing. But he picked up the Bible that was in front of him, and the first thing he read was 1 Peter 5, verse 8. Be sober-minded. Be watchful. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. I'd go through a thousand mountain lion attacks to get the joy and the peace that is eternal that I know is there today simply because of God's grace. Every time my courage just disappeared And I felt my future was so unclear You were paving the path that brought me Paving the path that brought me 
Thankfully, there are not many of us who would physically experience a lion attack. But we all face attacks of various sizes. And if you're in the middle of an attack now, if there's something that you are wrestling with, there is hope. And we'd like to tell you about it. Visit this website, findpeacewithgod.net. That address again is findpeacewithgod.net. So we know what happened to Andy after the mountain lion attack, but what about the cat? Andy will tell us in just a minute. You're listening to GPS, God, People, Stories, a production of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. One day, one of the kings said, I'm going to have a decree that if anybody prays to any other God but me, in the next 30 days, he'll be thrown to the den of lions. Billy Graham. Daniel was a young man that dared to prove God. He dared to condemn the wicked king Belshazzar. He dared that he would bow down to no one but God. He continued to pray. And so Daniel was thrown to the den of lions and they looked at him greedily, hungrily. But God was in that jail and that lion's den and closed the mouth of the lions. Daniel gave God first place in his heart. And the dynamic of Daniel's life was the presence and power of God within him. When you receive Christ, he comes in to give you a new power, a new strength, a new love. Billy Graham and the story of Daniel. And you can hear the entire message by paying us a visit to the Billy Graham Audio Archives. They are found at BillyGrahamRadio.org. When you get there, type this message title into the search bar. It's Daniel, a Religious Revolutionary. Or just click on the link to the message in the description section of this episode of GPS. Andy Peterson has been our guest on this two-part GPS about his encounter with Jesus Christ and his encounter with a mountain lion. About nine months after those encounters, Andy got a call about a mountain lion perched in a tree right behind a house near Denver. So they called me and and said, you got to get over here. So I pull up and there's all kinds of authorities and divisional wildlife. And I go into this house and they make a path for me to go to the window or the door in the back patio door there. And I look up and I see this line up this tree. And I knew instantly that it was the same one. And they put a dart in it, a couple darts. We actually held the tarp, and, and it fell into the tarp. I got to brush my hand on the side of this line, and all you could feel was the muscle, just the ripples of the muscle. It was about a 110-pound female. There was a scar on the top of the head about an inch, and the right eye was missing. And I don't blame that lion. I'm very grateful for that line because I'd hate to see what path I'd be on today without that line in my life. And they, I said, if that's healthy, you let it go. And 40 miles southwest of Denver later that afternoon, they, they released that line. Well, there's no argument. That was one amazing story from Andy Peterson. And we are thankful that he took the time to share with us how God worked through his life in an amazing way. I'm Jim Kirkland. 
Yeah, um, Phil Fleischman, that really was an amazing story, wasn't it? Andy says, we all face a mountain lion in this life that can be in the form of a tragedy, an addiction, or something else. And if you would like to share your own lion story or a prayer request with us, you can do that by email. The address is gps at billygram.org. One more time, that's gps at billygram.org. GPS, God, People, Stories. It's an outreach of the Billy Graham Evangelistic Association. Always good news.